Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Monday. Sure, why not? It's the 3rd of August, 2020. So glad you're here. There's a full moon today. So if you wanted to uh, refresh your tarot cards or do other things that require a full moon, there is one. Let's take a look at this day in radical history via our friends in the Slingshot Collective and their day planner. Also, we're going to take a look at the Certain Days calendar. There you go, Certain Days calendar. Uh, this day in 1977, a bomb exploded at the Mobile Oil Building in New York City. Puerto Rican independence movement claimed responsibility for that. Uh, Marilyn Buck died on this day in 2010. Here's a... Uh, artist's rendition of Marilyn. Um, and if you're not familiar with uh, Marilyn Buck, Marilyn was uh, an American Marxist revolutionary and a poet, uh, was part of the group that helped Asada Shakur escape the U.S., uh, was involved in the 1981 Brinks expropriation and uh, the 1983 U.S. Senate bombing. So we have, oh, before I get into the book, I just want to point out, and uh, if you're watching this, you can you can see it in all its glory. But if you're listening, I'll just have to describe it. I have a, a major owie uh, here on my arm, on my on my left forearm. And I know there's a lot going on in the world today, but I think we can all agree this is this, the most serious thing, this owie right here. So it's a massive gash, and my arm is barely hanging on. So, you know. Thoughts and prayers. Um, so we have been reading last week. We started this pointers to insight, the life of a Zen monk by Soko Morinaga Roshi. And uh, I recommend that you go back and listen to the first several episodes because they're a sequential tale. And uh, in we go now with this one, which is titled between master and disciple. This is chapter six and he it provides a line of transmission. And there's that right there. If you want to see that guy. And then this is a picture of um, Siso Roshi, who is going to be mentioned coming up here. At the bottom of the chart, you will see my name, Soko, and that of my senior brother disciple, Seso. So right there. Our teacher was Zuigan Roshi, and Zuigan Roshi's teacher was Sokatsu Roshi. So uh, he's essentially giving the li lineage in which he studied. And remember, Zuigan is the old retired monk that he first began studying with um, in this way, from master to master, we trace our lineage back to Shakyamuni Buddha, who is the guy we call the Buddha. Thus, in the Zen sect, the lineage of great monks who have completed the training and who have experienced Satori, or enlightenment in this case, is quite clear. Only those who have received Inca from their teachers as acknowledgement of their religious insight are recorded in such a genealogy, and so the transmission from a master to his disciple is clearly attested. In the Rinzai sect, there are two major flavors of Zen. The two biggest ones are Rinzai and Soto. Soto is the one that I practice. Um, Rinzai has, I, th I think it would be fair to say more of a focus on enlightenment as a, as a thing to do. Um, and also generally more use of koans, the like, you know, what is the sound of one hand clapping, you know, those kind of, uh, Buddhist riddle things. Um, whereas Soto is much more concerned with just sitting. Uh, in the Rinzai sect, such people are accorded the honorific title Roshi. So, uh, Imikita, Imakita Kosen Roshi, sorry, was the extremely distinguished Lord Abbot of Engakuji, so a temple in Kamakura, from the closing days of the Tokugawa period, so the kind of toward the end of the samurai era. During the anti-Buddhist movement of the first years of the Meiji period, he made great efforts for the revival of a non-sectarian form of Buddhism. 
The layman Suzuki Daisetsu was an ardent admirer and wrote a book about him called Imakita Kosen. Uh, Daisetsu Suzuki, so he gave his name, uh, family name first, which is the Japanese custom, but you might have heard of D.T. Suzuki, a guy who early on helped expose Zen to the West, particularly to the United States, and that's who he's referring to there. The Dharma heir of Kosen Roshi was Soen Roshi, who was the first Roshi to take Zen to America, and who also became Lord Abbot of Engakuji. Some famous novelists and other distinguished people trained under him, and there he's mostly referring to members of the Beat Generation. One morning at formal tea, Miss Okamoto asked Zuigan Roshi, Roshi, who was greater, Kosen Roshi or Soen Roshi? Zuigan Roshi was a very solemn man. Zuigan Roshi is Moriaga's teacher. Zuigan Roshi was a very solemn man, not likely to make jokes. He replied soberly, Master Kosen was greater. Miss Okamoto then asked, Who was greater, Soen Roshi or Sokatsu Roshi? Sokatsu Roshi had no desire to become Lord Abbot of a famous monastery, and after receiving Inca, or transmission, settled in Tokyo and built a small temple in Yanaka, which he called Ryobo-an. There he accepted lay people for training. Very well-known men and women became his disciples, public figures as much as scholars and artists. Zuigan Roshi replied, Master Soen was greater. When Miss Okamoto heard this, she said, But Roshi, that's bad, isn't it? Doesn't that mean that the lineage is getting weaker? Well, then who is greater, yourself or Sokatsu Roshi? In a f flash, the reply came back, I am greater. So up until Soen Roshi, the teacher had been greater than their disciples. Yet now, when he himself was in question, Zuigan Roshi replied in dead earnest that he was greater than his own teacher, a reply which greatly pleased Miss Okamoto. But when I heard her ask, Roshi, who is now greater, yourself or your disciple Seso, which is the other guy studying at the same time as the author? I almost burst out laughing. At that time, Zuigan Roshi had reached the pinnacle of the Zen world, having been successively Lord Abbot of Myoshinji and of Daitokuji. So in other words, he was the head monk of two huge monasteries. Whereas Seso, without yet any position, was caretaker of a small sub-temple within the grounds of Myoshinji where he swept the garden. Since I had then no insight into a man's true nature, but solely judged people by their social standing, I could not help thinking how absurd it was to try and compare Seso with Zuigan Roshi, and tried hard to contain my laughter. But without a moment's reflection, Zuigan Roshi replied, It is not yet known. At those words, the laughter suddenly died in me, and I felt tears welling up in my eyes as though what a really splendid, as I thought what a really splendid teacher I had. Although he would invariably take the hard line and say that fellow was not fit to talk in front of people, Zuigan Roshi always bore in mind a disciple's future development. He always took into account not just the disciple's present immature form, but also the form he was confident the disciple would have after one, two, ten, or twenty years training. And this was the implication of his words, it is not yet known, which struck me then so forcibly. Indeed, almost as though confirming his words, Seso succeeded Zuigan as the Lord Abbot of Daitokuji. I also trained under Seso Roshi, and he was indeed in every way the equal of his teacher. From that moment, I began to feel a deep trust in my teacher, but I still lacked the slightest understanding. When a disciple has seriously erred, the master may tell him to leave. If there is sincere repentance and the master's indulgence is entreated, the master may relent and allow the disciple to continue. The act of asking for permission to continue is very formal, the disciple prostrating himself and with head on the ground, promising diligent conduct henceforth and begging for permission to stay. Well, in my case, I had done something wrong, and Master Zuigan had ordered me to leave. But when I was went to ask his forgiveness and permission to stay, this was not given. 
However often I begged to be allowed to remain his disciple, he countered with a firm no. Finally, and now in real despair, I lifted my head from the floor and looked up at the Roshi. So he was prostrating himself in front of the Roshi. Encountering his stern look, a lump rose in my throat. I just stared back at him and out of the very depth of my being stated, whatever happens, whatever you say, however you try to throw me out, I'll never leave your side. Never, never. Thus, eye to eye with the Roshi, I saw a big tear form in each of his eyes. And without blinking, his eyes holding mine, slowly well over and flow down his cheeks. I was moved to the core of my heart by the bond that I felt with him. I knew that I was truly his disciple for life, and also knew that he knew it and was glad himself to have such a disciple. The relationship between master and disciple must be so close and so strong that not even a single hair can be inserted between them. It might be compared with sumo wrestlers in the ring, huge men weighing over 30 stone like Kitanoumi and Takamiyama, who only crash into their opponents with all their might because they have absolute confidence that the ring in which they fight will not give way between them. Or beneath them, I should say. I am sure that even a wrestler as skilled as Chiyo no Fuji would be hard put to do more than crawl on his hands and knees for fear of the ring breaking beneath him were he to set fight within a circle drawn on ice. And there ends chapter six. We're uh, getting pretty close to the end here. And so that chapter I speaks to something which I just did. When I lived in uh, State College before we moved out to Tucson, one of the things I did for a while was attend a Zendo there, regular sittings at a Zendo. And I really liked the teacher there. Um, more than that, because it's more than about liking the teacher, I had a lot of respect for her, and I felt like she knew what she was talking about and had a vision of Zen practice that was similar to my vision and from which I could learn and which would challenge me. And so I started to work with her on receiving the precepts, which is kind of the first step, uh, like lay ordination in Buddhism. And then because of all the stuff that happened in State College that ended up causing me to leave, I stopped that process also. So just today I dropped in the mail a physical letter to her. I didn't ask her about studying again. Uh, it was just kind of a restarting of communication. And I don't even know if we'll get to the point where I'm studying again, although you know, to be totally honest, that that is, that is my goal. Um, I just think she's special and I would love to, I would love to receive the precepts under her tutelage if that's possible. Uh, and I think it, it really does speak to the level of trust that's required between a teacher and a student. And honestly, I think it's going to be much harder for her in the trust relationship than it is for me because, she's had the experience of me kind of flaking out of this process. And, and that was kind of after I talked my way into it because I hadn't been sitting there very long when I asked her to begin this process in the first place. And she, she essentially said, you know, because you've been sitting for so long before you came here. And because generally speaking, if a student asks me to receive the precepts, I say, yes, you know, she said well, that I'm, I'm going to say yes. Uh, and we started, you know, studying together and working toward that path. And then I just disappeared, essentially. So, you know, I think the the burden of proof is going to be on my side. And, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Perhaps I've, you know, burned that bridge completely. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, today I, I put a letter in the mail and we'll see where that goes. 
Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. There is uh, no greater gift you could give to me than sharing this with people. Uh, share the YouTube video, share the podcast. Uh, those things are totally fabulous. Uh, then after that, if you can afford to become a member, that's awesome too. I uh, have been reaching out to more guests to get more people on the show. Not quite sure how that's going to work with the video thing, although my sister, surprisingly, uh, did give me uh, some ideas about how to make that work. I only say surprisingly because my sister's not normally where I go for technological advice, but she has some good ideas. I love you. A better world is possible, but we have a lot of work to do. Thank <laughs> you.